Yay. Welcome to Now Miss episode, final episode of 2022. Episode number 38. 38. Welcome to Now Miss. Two women paying attention to the details of ordinary life. Naoko and Naoko's friendship spans three decades, two countries, and now two cities, San Francisco and the greater Seattle area. We are wives, working mothers, and feminists in our 40s. Now, this is just us showing up to connect and to recalibrate our voices and stories. Thanks for listening. Awesome. All right. Can't I can't believe it's omisoka, right? Is that oh. I I remembered yesterday I was calling it gantan and we're like achigawa. <laughs> gantan is the first. So words that we don't use often. Yeah. Well, not really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's on you. Um, yeah. Omisoka means New Year's Eve, but it's so much more than that. I think it's a Japanese traditional. Omisoka te. Omisoka means it's got to have some Shinto, Shinto Buddhist connotations. I think it's more Shinto. Mm. Uh, anyway, it's a, it's a. Yeah, I definitely always miss New Year's in Japan. Mm. Because it's so much more uh, family oriented, and families coming together, and just yeah, it's really interesting how we don't have that in the U.S. where families come together. It's I guess because of Christmas and Hanukkah and Thanksgiving, <laughs> mm. like it's already been done. Kana. Um, yeah, that's got to be it. Um, anyway, I was, yeah, I was talking to my mom because of Christmas, and she says that the Christmas scene in Japan is, or at least in Tokyo, is even so much more vividly vibrant and really active. <laughs> mm. Activated by, I think, lights and music and presents and couples and what have you and then Christmas ends and then the next by that evening or the everything changes over to New Year's celebration. Mm. Mm. So Yeah, I spoke to my mom too mm. yesterday and they were doing Ohakamaidi with my brother. Oh that's so sweet. Yeah. That's one thing I hope to do next time we're in Japan but mm. it's so hard because it's very far mm. and um, the location is hard to get by public transit so easier by car and you know normally we won't have we don't get a car when we're just visiting so this makes it a little harder but we'll see the um, family Ohaka hmm? where is the family Ohaka I think my mother's side, grandma, grandpa, like Kawasaki. Mm. Um, and then my dad's side, grandma, grandpa in Chofu. Are so she... very different um, areas. Oh, yeah. Different plots. That's kind of hard. Mm. Interesting. Hey, is it, isn't it usually different? No, because married, I don't know, maybe, I have no idea, but we have been blessed to have, I don't know if it's a blessing, to go. <laughs> um, because it's, it's efficient, right? Mm. Uh, but yeah, all of our family and extended family is in the same, same area. This Both is, your mom and dad's side. Yeah. It's in the same Kodaira um, you Ohakanan deskido. Just different different areas within the huge like Shichi, right? Right, right, right. 
it's it's still accessible in one area. But interesting how hmm. we're talking about ohakamairi, which is is that something traditional to do for the New Year's in Japan? Hmm, I don't know. All right. Can you worth researching, I guess. Yes. Well, that is about what Nailness is about. Really uh reacting and mentioning spontaneous things. Mm. That's yeah, even like the Ohakamaidi, which is really means to visit the no, it's not to visit. Maidu doesn't mean to visit. Welcome. Welcome the grave. Gosh, there's like no, it's so nuanced I can't even translate it. Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I guess the, the simplest analogy would be to go to the cemetery to visit your loved ones. Um, either on Memorial Day, if right, Memorial Day if they served in a military or uh or maybe their anniversary or birthday mm. or when they passed away mm. they died the day that they or anyway i think those are so it does happen over here too but maybe it happens more frequently uh, not really okay all right well i'm just gonna pivot and celebrate known as 38th episode we're recording today on december 31st and we have um Despite all of what's going on, we had 21 episodes that we recorded this year. Mm. And uh, we had 1.2 thousand plays, which is so exciting. I think the most exciting is like it was, I still remember when it was a double digit number. Mm. <laughs> like 20, 20 plays. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's over. We got the K mark, which is like, woo woo. Um, and apparently we have listeners all across the world um 13 countries are represented mm. it's really exciting and i've got some stats over here and um so we we created 1341 minutes of new content <laughs> <laughs> um and thank you spotify for saying that's more than 94 of other creators in the society and culture category, which is where Nowness resides. Sweet. And um, obviously, since we only as a September 2021, and we just celebrated, I guess, our anniversary this past September, and so it's a year and three months. Mm. Um, so all the stats on. Um, the gains that we had in terms of hours, followers, listeners, streams is like is pretty much um, all positive. <laughs> awesome. And uh, what I found most fascinating is um, that they did an algorithm of what our listeners podcast personality is. And our listeners podcast, that's you. Uh, your personality is the adventurer. And what that means is that you venture out into the unknown, searching for fresher podcasts and gems yet to be found. So thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Well, certainly we're still in December, but if we can reflect on 2022, that would be phenomenal. Hmm. And um, actually, you prompted me, I think, via text this morning um, before we were connecting on the question was, do you remember? Mm, one word, right? One word. No? Well, yeah, we could do that, too, since you mentioned one word. Um, or maybe. Oh, you sorry. Could... Go ahead. Well, yeah, in terms of the one word. You sent me a list of words, and if you want to share with our listeners what that was meant to be. Yeah, we can 
save that for later because think come come to think of it that's more like forward looking for 2023 and you were before yeah. we get there we should do 2022 like God. review or yes yeah, wrap God up for- of 2022 huh one word inspiration um which um she sent me it's it's fun it's fun uh Lots of words and what is open. Okay, so no, I guess you didn't send it to me uh, via text, but it was an email that was like, what was the most memorable? Um, do you remember? <laughs> what was the most? Oh, I think it was prompted by New York Times um, kind of newsletter 2022 and review kind of thing. And um, it was gathering like best advice. And so I had asked you... What's your best advice ever or from 2022 that you've received or you would give others? Exactly. So I was prepared for that. So um, I'm sharing that the best uh, advice I got this year was in March by Mm. my husband uh, when I was still looking for jobs. Um. And um, he was like, don't, it was like a dismal time, actually, um, because we were still in the heart of COVID. And last year, like many, but last year I spent um, a year in isolation Mm. and was really kind of going into depression a little bit. Uh, And so... Yeah, so the job search was super hard too. Not, I mean, it's always difficult to find for um, something new. So he said, I remember in our bedroom, he was like, "Don't, um, don't leave any stone unturned." Mm. So just do all you can, which means it's an idiom that means do everything possible to find something or to solve a problem. Mm. But it felt much more. <laughs> much more extensive than that like it was like oh and anyway and so anyway after he had said that um the job opportunity was posted and mm. it was like this <laughs> lightning moment um yeah and i and i remember my first reaction was like Uh, Yeah, I just had, I guess, some of my maybe ego driven, like, hmm, is it going to be like, there's no reason why. I don't know. I can't say it any. um, I'm so inarticulate right now. (laughs) Anyway, it was I I don't think I would have traditionally applied for it because that um, just because it was a. I don't know. It's just this very, very small startup of a mm. nonprofit organization. Mm. Um, and but anyway, but on, with the purpose and the calling on refugee advocacy, refugee, mm. immigrant women advocacy, I was like, okay, I'm gonna apply. Um, and it turned out to be a lovely opportunity. So that was mine. How about? Mm. You? What came to mind um, was very similar. I think it was something that I came across probably on LinkedIn while I was on my job search too. Um, I was reflecting on 2022, right? It was a pretty big year for me, you know, ending 2021 with a resignation at a nonprofit, right? So that was like the previous year, but starting 2022 with, um, I think I've mentioned in our com- past conversations about Apali's civic leadership program from January to March. And then I was looking back on all my, um, I had a job cert, like drop, job tracking spreadsheet. And so I like counted how many applications and interviews I had from, February through August. Um, So through that interim, I think I was constantly on LinkedIn and just um, 
spreading my kind of antenna and radar on what's out there and really, like you say, keeping my mind and eyes open. Um, and so one thing that struck me and resonated with me was um, do your best and leave the rest. And I think I was able to learn that and practice it um, through my interview journey, you know, because interviewing is hard to show up as your, you know, best self and do your best, but definitely had um, bad interviews and learned from doing, making, learned so much from making those mistakes. Um, but being present in the moment, show up as I am, do my best and leaving the rest because surely there were opportunities with the answer of no and, you know, in asking for feedback and in hindsight, it, it, it feels, um, it feels like that it was good that I got no's for certain um, opportunities, right? So, but I think it's so hard to um, not overthink and overanalyze and be so critical of ourselves. But that was a big, big lesson for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. How, at the end, did you... How did it unfurl, the opportunity unfurl? And was it, was it through um, like personal connection you had already or, or something out of the blue from LinkedIn or? So I applied to several opportunities at Stanford, you know, because I was being at Lucille Packer Foundation for Children's Health, you know, I had attended events through Stanford School of Medicine and really um, felt a sense of connection and belonging through their kind of DI initiatives that they were um, while I was there. So I felt compelled to find my path there. So um, I kept a close eye on their job listings and and it was interesting when I went back, um, I had applied to the role in June and didn't hear back a whole month from the recruiter. Um, and then from there, yeah, tonton bioshi. I don't know how to um, equivalent. When it moved on quickly from there. Yeah, August and then I had first round and then panel interviews and then final round and then the offer um, by September 2nd was the, so a couple, couple weeks, right? Good to two months. That's awesome. Don't forget, don't forget your journey. <laughs> For sure. And storytelling mm. yeah that's great so yeah I, I opened up while you were talking I opened up the prompt that you had shared with me via email about um, it was Brene Brown that had a similar question on her podcast mm -hmm. uh, podcast is what is a piece of leadership advice it doesn't have to be leadership but what is a piece of advice that's either so good you need to share it <laughs> we're so shitty you need to warn us I like that. <laughs> so Brene Brown mm -hmm. <laughs> she's so real <laughs> you know so shitty I don't know like can you think of anything um yeah I think I had to experience you know um we often it's a cliche and especially through the pandemic and all of the DI kind of um, 
awakenings that happened since 2020 and really this phrase of show up as your authentic self or full self at work you know we often say that um but i think the nuance of that is that being a person of color definitely does not mean the same thing and I think I was naive to wholeheartedly, I'm, you know, a big fan of Brene Brown and walk the talk and try to show up as my authentic self, but it's complex, you know? Um, and I think you can't just take that advice to heart and you have to, even before you can do that, I think you have to assess the environment. And if, the organization is not committed to um, doing everything they can to ensure a safe environment for all. Um, I think this kind of blind um, advice to show up as your authentic self, it can be dangerous. Um, and it was, right? I, I experienced that myself in terms of the harm to peoples of people of color when they do show up as their authentic self and they do not have the tools or wherewithal to support that in places or spaces when it conflicts with the status quo or the mainstream, right? Like how... Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense to you. But I think for me, the, the takeaway is that in order for us to show up as our full selves, we have to um, first assess and discern that it is safe for us to do so. If not, you may be harmed. Are you ready to share what kind of just briefly like what kind of harm did you experience or dangerous situation scenario or what what do you what do you mean by or, or can you unpack that a little yeah so i think i think especially in the nonprofit philanthropy where it's really white dominant spaces um I don't know. I mean, I think it, there has to be a level of awareness of organizations, self-awareness of what expectations and norms they practice and where does that come from? Um, I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud and I don't have like a thought out um, uh in terms of sharing my experience, but I think when I tried to practice everything that I was learning from say Brene Brown and all the DEI uh, experts I follow and, you know, without much background in say community building and um, DEI per se, other than my lived experience, I yeah, I think I just learned by doing the complexity of these issues. Um, and all I knew then for me is all I knew was to stay true to my own personal values. And because I, for me personally, speaking truth was always um, important but I think there's also a strat strategic piece that I had to learn the hard way. And I'm still learning um, how to navigate these power structures um, Yeah, I don't think that's my strength or I didn't have much experience in that. And so I was naive to just show up as my full self and speak truthfully. And so one example I can say, I can share is, you know, 
I chose to wholeheartedly be all in. And when there was an opportunity to share my personal stories with leadership, I did in hopes that that would open their eyes, um, expand their perspectives. Um, But I don't know if that had the impact that I was hoping for. Um, And in the end, for me, showing up as my full self ended up opening myself to a traumatizing work experience where I was labeled as toxic um, because I was showing my emotions and being vulnerable because that was the only way I guess I knew how to show up while I was struggling through COVID and George Floyd, this was post George Floyd and all of the messiness um, and trying to practice, again, the values that I learned from Brene Brown about vulnerability and speaking your truth and not hiding emotions. And unfortunately, I felt like I was a little bit um, I don't know if penalize is the right word, but. Were you um, labeled as, were you literally labeled as toxic? Like how did that, how did that show up? Um, It was a one-on-one conversation with my manager, right? Which really like just, just was to me very hurtful because that is not something that, that is not how I would describe myself ever um she said that you were toxic or like you were generating toxic behavior like what did she say ah I think she yeah she she was bringing up an issue she had with me and she said quote unquote your toxicity on the team gotcha Ugh. And uh, I mean, I really was in the moment just like a gut punch, right? Like I just didn't know where this was coming from. And I couldn't even continue the conversation. You know, I, it was over the phone and I just said, um, I don't really know what that means. And I, I, I need to take a moment, you know, and. hmm. Yeah, that's really harsh. <laughs> like, could you could have just used like unhealthy or something, right? But to use that word, yeah, very harsh. Well, thank you for sharing. I, I, I'm just taking like rapid notes because <laughs> <laughs> we can put it in our our recap. Um, mm. and that's why we're talking about it. But I think, um, well, I guess before I like close that one out is would you have would you have showed up differently or yeah now that you know right yeah yeah I think um you know in hindsight I can wholeheartedly say that I did the best I could with what I knew then right with the tools that I had and now that I have um more information, tools, greater awareness, um, that experience definitely informs how I show up in my new workplace, right? Like really taking the time to assess and discern safe spaces. And I think, I mean, I think you would agree, I tend to be a trusting person And so I have to be more cautious. I I mean, these are things that I learned from that, you know, 
traumatizing work experience where I think a lot of it came from naivete and just this, I still think people, I want to believe that people are good at heart, you know, like, um, but yeah, definitely taking my time to better understand the environment and culture and how I fit in, right? How I fit in within the power dynamics that exist and really trying to think about how can I be most impactful um, Mm. no I think it's fabulous I I think it was seriously this is like this is the effing playbook of the effing DEI world because mm-hmm. it is it is just right that is what we're trying to break as like where it's like we're done we're done we are speaking up because it needs to be undone <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't, I think it's just phenomenal that, you know, because you showed up as your authentic self, you were, I mean, thank goodness you got out of there when you could, because if you didn't show up as your authentic self and you didn't speak up, right, Mm -hmm. weren't so-called naive versus I think you were extremely brave, then you would have still been there and Mm. it would be eating you up with no movement whatsoever, right? And that's what we all have to learn. I've seen this playbook already Mm. Um, through you, through a dear um, former colleague, friend of mine that happened in the corporate sector. It doesn't matter. Right. Both corporate, nonprofit, whatever. It's all, it's all those ceilings exist for the, all the reasons, right? So Mm -hmm. Yeah, you speak up your your true self and you're absolutely right. It's like because nobody's been contested in that, you know, white supremacist corporate world, male dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then women are pinned against each other because there's only X amount of positions. So women are, and women become so-called right manifest as unhealthy behavior. And I've experienced that many Mm -hmm. from people of color and non-people of color all women right Mm -hmm. there's only x amount of roles and positions and so yeah i think i shared in in another podcast like the most toxic experience that i've unhealthy um behavior that i've experienced is through women by women Mm. um not men (laughs) uh but yeah like if in in so you speak and then, you know, so something happened for me in December. Um, and and I think this is kind of like going to back to 2022 reflection of um, I'm just prompting to your questions are. Um, yeah, pick a moment that stands out as truly great um, accomplishment moment of peace and exhilarating experience and, you know, uh share that and i think to see i see it as like now that you've experienced it like we don't know i think i love how you say and we've said it so many times we do our best you know with what we have Mm -hmm. that's all i i see it through my children as a mom as they're going they're young adults and they're experiencing college for the first time one is already embarking on like what happens next and both of them are like, I don't know what I want to study. I don't know what I want to do. And I'm like, A-okay. A-okay. Like, that is what college is about. That is about life is about is to go get these tools. Go get these resources because you don't have it. Mm-hmm. And I'm so there with you. Like, we're still learning. And I think that is the frailty of life. And this life is too short to be able to learn and and gain all the tools and resources we need right to function but we do our best and that is why you're an avid reader and and then you know we share these narrative stories because 
we want to learn we want to share yeah the shitty shitty stuff that we've experienced we <laughs> want we don't want others to experience right as, for sure as as moms and of children but it's their life too and they need to learn it themselves so another kind of like experience that we talked about relationships is my daughter went through a massive breakup from her first time love um, that whom she dated for three years. Mm-hmm. And the hardest part is it was her best friend. So you lose a friend too, mm-hmm. in the, which sucks when you only have X amount of right, really close friends. But, you know, they don't want to hear it from me. You have to experience it yourself. You need to see the truth yourself in your lens. And unless you do could do that, yourself, you can't you can't snap, get out of it, learn and move on. Mm-hmm. So as much as I as much as I just said, and I'm kind of like reversing what I just said in terms of like, we want to share what the shitty experiences that we've experienced. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But in many ways, like people don't want to like, it's like, okay, okay, that's noted, noted. That's an anecdote. That's a story that I will put aside. But right, most likely that advice or whatever won't be. <laughs> I guess maybe I'm, I'm thinking about my kids. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, yeah, we've heard that so many times. We've heard that so many times. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to still bang it. Like, I'm going to continue to share it. because. <laughs> like, but that's what comes from being 46 years old. Mm-hmm. right here midlife and um that's i think i'm going to pivot to you know bringing that i still full heartedly believe believe like it doesn't yeah i mean it is it's to bring your authentic self to work or or wherever you you are present and you show up because if you don't life is just too short and and that, yeah, you, you call out the, you weed out the, the negativity and try to surround yourself with people who are, you know, positive, bring out the best in you. Mm-hmm. And I found myself in December, I shared with you off, offline, uh, not on the podcast, but mm-hmm. in a, a little bit is like, you know, if you, there's only X amount of time in a day, in a week, in a, in a month, in a year, whatever, then you really have to. At this point in, in my life, I don't want to show up having to feel through the shittiness, which is like people not being their best selves and people adding to the, you know, the unhealthy stuff <laughs> that goes on. And I realize it's really through people because mm-hmm. we're humans. It's these. And so how, like, I find myself, you know, showing up at in work and I'm like having to correct someone's behavior, correct. Like, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done that. Wait, you shouldn't. That's just like, right. So it's like, I have to. And so I've had to say the truth and it's, it sucks to be the truth teller. It really sucks because yes, I totally, I've experienced it too. Like by you speaking up, by one speaking the truth, yeah, you're seen as the, I don't know, the, the upside would be, oh, you're so courageous, you're so brave, thank you so much for sharing the truth because other people wouldn't have said it. And then the other side of the spectrum is like, how dare you? <laughs> like, you're the one who brought it up. Now you're the problem, hmm. right? So it's just like, there is no effing balance in between those two opposite ends. And that's, I think, what you're trying to say. How do we navigate? How do we become better, better communicators um, to tell the truth? But it's like, you can't, it's not, there's no, it's, it's hard. Mm. It's hard to tell the truth. Um, but I stand by you and I'm going to forever support you <laughs> to speak the truth because that is, yeah. And I, I was sharing this with my kind of Christian friends is like, it's, I feel like sometimes it's harder to have the faith because you're, su- you're supposed to exude these qualities that are very unhuman, <laughs> which are like, yeah, like just super, I mean, it's love, love thy enemy, love your love, love, you have to love 
right? Everybody. Mm-hmm. And ah, uh, it's um, yeah, it just sucks. I just without it, it really sucks to have to be the, I guess, righteous. I don't know. <laughs> because you're it's it's mm, I think that's what I'm living for is to just is to what am if it's complacent if we're just if we don't confront these the truths then then everything's just going to be a wash and dismissed and pushed underneath the rug and no change is going to come. Mm. So, yeah, at this point in my midlife, I'm just thankful that we have knownness to talk about these uh, um, uncomfortable things. Mm. Um, but that's the work that we should be doing. And we must be doing. That's wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly mm. agree. Um, yeah, there is a, um, I guess, responsibility that, you know, we feel as we value truth and like you say, the courage it takes to speak the (sighs) truth. It is. It's so much easier to just give up in a way. It's so much easier. Just mm. it's like, no, I'm not going to be responsible. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to do it. But then what? Um, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll say the the decision to resign was so empowering and freeing. Um that the moment I decided that I felt light again, you know, like, and I needed to make that decision for myself. That's basically choosing myself over anything and everything, right? Even a, a paycheck or whatever. Like, I'm, I know I'm lucky and privileged to be able to make that choice because not everybody does. Um, but that that's a pivotal moment you know to be able to make that choice and say not anymore um and you know how i am a big fan of adam grant and he has i keep returning to his post about um i want to do justice and now i don't know if i can remember it um but that uh you know a resignation is can be, you know, out of integrity, you know, like uh, resigning is not giving up. Resigning is choosing yourself. Um, I'll have to find it's, it's much more better phrased and, (laughs) but it really hit home and it really resonated. And I go back to it as a reminder to myself that, that I'm proud of that choice of choosing myself even though, you know, after that, it was like plunging into uncertainty and had no idea where I was headed, but I knew that I had to make that choice for myself, you know? I just I'm I'm listening intently and digesting intently mm-hmm. and it that is actively um uh, that has definitely already crossed my mind with my current role mm. um but it can't be that because I have to be the I have to be the catalyst for change in a good way mm. If if I if I made that decision, then it's just gonna be stagnant, and so I have to make a decision where I actually said it already. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing not because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's awkward, and I, I I'm just saying 
I have to, I don't know where I got this laugh. Um, I laugh when it becomes stressful. I laugh when um, I get anxious. I laugh in those, like I laugh when things are funny, but I also laugh when things are hard and difficult. And I would like to work on not doing so. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. I I think I've always been that way. And it's just like, it's time to stop. I can't just, yeah. So I'm just sharing that right now. That's a good um, thing to be aware. (laughs) I'm starting to aware that it, to be aware that it's not healthy. It's not, it's just not, it's just not good to be laughing nervously in a very tense moment or awkward moment or anyway but I have said what I'm trying to say is yeah I just I just I guess I don't know I don't know why I'm laughing embarrassed or but it's just been that bad to be like I'm not sure if I'm gonna be back hmm. my I guess I'm I'm conflicted because it, then I want to be like I will find my backfill do you know what I mean <laughs> if that's now I'm laughing again if I'm if I will find, I will help find my backfill is how much I care about the organization. And I can't have one person change that. Hmm. Or anyway. Hmm. But the laughing could be a release of energy too. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to like, yeah, I'm going to have to, I'll do the inhale. I maybe breathing would yeah in those moments yeah so i share with you it's a great pivot because uh you think that i know all about myself at 46 but that's not true and i'm sure you (laughs) uh feel the same but fun discovery of myself going back to my childhood was discovering um jigsaw puzzles oh my gosh so my mother-in-law, father-in-law, and sister-in-law, they all came from Atlanta this Christmas holiday season. Mm. And she had purchased a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle and a 500. And it was like the most fun. And I really went back to my 16-year-old self. And I remember in Tokyo, in my room, on the floor, I would just like scatter about I was just mentioning to you Tokyo Hanzo or Tokyo Hanzo or Dofto. Either of those stores have lots of puzzles. Mm. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> and I had selected a New York City landscape. Um, and this is before I always wanted to, when we graduated high school, I, I like New York was always on my mind. It was like New York City and nothing but. It was either New York City or Paris, but I didn't speak French, so that didn't help. So I, <laughs> I just had New York City in mind. And so I had I had purchased a New York City nightscape. And I remember finishing it and then um, gluing it and framing it. But I had forgotten that memory for all these 30 years. I had forgotten that moment. And so it was really exciting to rediscover my jigsaw puzzle <laughs> fun nice what about you did you discover anything new this year that went back to that childhood creative place mm. discovered or rediscover Mm, I think similar to you, I think, um, I don't know if this happened this year or end of last year, but um, I think for me, the importance of dance, dancing for me, how much I love dance. I've always loved to dance and it was always an outlet for me. And I never put two and two together, like reading about trauma Dance is a form of therapy and release of 
energy and being in rhythm and in sync. And that's how you regulate your body. And I, and all this language, right? New language around regulating your body and all. Um, so that was a rediscovery and understanding, connecting the two like, oh, dance for me was therapy, an outlet to express and regulate my body. Um, so during the pandemic, when I was still at the foundation, we would, um, we would come together over Zoom and we would, everyone would go around choosing one song of their choice. And, you know, you can choose to turn your camera on or off and dance. And so we just came together to dance and like, that was, um, we only did it a couple of times and it wasn't like org wide or anything. It was just like our closest peers, but um. I think that was fun. I am so excited that you shared that. Because now go. Yes. Oh my gosh. Do you know where I'm going to go with this? <laughs> I, I, I maybe. <laughs> Do you know where I'm going with this? Oh my gosh. Okay. So for those listeners who's still in with us at like, I don't know, 45 minutes into our podcast, uh, is it 45 minutes? Are we? Let me. 51. Oh, 51 minutes. Yeah. 51 minutes into our podcast is that we've known each other since sixth grade. Naoko and Naoko have known each other since sixth grade. And um, you're the one who taught me how to dance. <laughs> Did you know that? I shared that with you, right? Did I share it with you on any previous podcast? Naoko is the one who taught me how to dance just to just not necessarily no i remember it was like um oh my gosh cnc music back dance now um so we did those moves like bobby brown was still i think i think was on your playlist um we so so it was like the shuffle move um and roger we, rabbit i remember roger us practicing rabbit. or teaching you how to do roger yes, rabbit. and then do you remember we actually did sign up for a dance hip-hop class it was you me Hitomi, i feel like chico maybe guai maybe not i don't know but it was a group of five of us and we went to hip-hop dance class in japan and we're like, it was not so lovely. It was like, eh, whatever. But we learned some hip hop moves. I don't know how that happened, but I feel like it was your connection somewhere. Anyway, so just to re, yes, that <laughs> down memory lane. That was junior high, junior high. It was either seventh grade or eighth grade. Definitely not high school. And so I always remember you were never afraid to be on the dance floor. So I got that from you. And my husband can tell you, so James and I, we started dating in Atlanta and we would go to the clubs. But prior, prior to that, I had an amazing friend colleague um, from my Atlanta days and we would just hit the clubs together. And we, she loved dancing as well. And we would be the ones like I have to this day, I'm 46. I'm sure everybody would be embarrassed by now. And I don't think it's ever going to change. I could go to an open dance floor where nobody's dancing. No, I don't need any alcohol. Like I'm just full of, I could go on and, and start dancing. And that's all goes back to that amazing, I guess, time that we had together mm. on the dance floor. Obviously, like, I feel like, I don't know. You always had the moves and I was trying to be Nalco. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's where it is. You're the one who ignited my love for dancing. And so the other thing is um, pretty much, I would say three times a week at night, we just blast the music and James, myself and Aya, we all start dancing together. This is nice. So I'm so... That's so phenomenal that you mentioned that. And the fact that you had re eh? rediscovered it 
Like, no, I'm just like connecting the dots of like it, it's oh, never trust. been about the clubs, right? Like I love to dance and I would like go clubbing and like sweating, right? I would be drenched, <laughs> not cute look, but I would just love to dance, you know? That was yeah. So oh, makes me happy when I, you know, uh the favorite song or something comes on and my body just automatically cannot just like be still right like my body wants to move I have no it's like good music I am my body will move to it totally totally yeah. oh it's so sad song okay <laughs> I'm so glad to have this recording that moment okay that's the best best part I feel like everything was serious everything was serious um so it's New Year's Eve and so um we're talking we're gonna talk about food i'm gonna make um osoba same here but we're not making it we um ordered it through my friend's uh restaurant right akagi-san in san bruno and we'll be picking it up this afternoon so give me some hints i mean i got still a lot of holiday leftovers but um, what should I be adding um, to the soba? What are your, what are, do you know what, like, is it kamaboko? Uh, I don't know, spinach usually we always had. Mm. What are you adding as a sides inside the soba? Um, we've ordered uh, tempura no moriawase. So we'll have side of tempura with shrimp and vegetables. Um, Mina loves salmon, so I can see if I can add to the order with maybe like salmon nigiri uh, to go with that. Um, but I don't know. That's just, but soba and tempura might be enough. And then Tim for, you know, just this throughout the day, New Year's Eve has um, got some, you know, what we call picnic food, like crackers and spreadable cheese and salami. And mm. so we'll probably be eating throughout the day. Oh, that sounds fabulous. <laughs> yes. Yes. Food like, treat plate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do the same. I'm going to cut up some apples and cheese and crackers. And now I already had nice. ナイス。じゃあ、ありがとうございました。こちらこそありがとうございました。最高な2022年でしたね。そうでしたね。いろいろありましたね。いや。It was awesome. I think we had lots of peaks and valleys and mountains and What is it? Dips. Uh, I'd love to what was like in reflection when you look back then from here when you look back on 2022 if you were to summarize it in one word for you what was the year love mm. how are you um Heal and transform. I know that's not one word. It's two words. It's always hard for me to narrow it down to one word. So, sorry. Transform. Um, I love... How about transform? Transform. Transform. Mm. Uh, Ooh, I got, a, I got a nice visual for that. For Not that I post on our Instagram. I have a nice... Well, it's always the butterfly. Do you have mm. three for transformation? Do you have any Im imagery that pops in mind for transformation? Mm. This is just I'm making note of that for our children's book. Just transformation in general. Healing transformation, like sono line. Really, really, I think that's, yes. that, that's it. That's it. Because what do we want, like, you know, children to read about is the trials and tribulations of life, right? What mm. happens? And 
Well, the the metamorphosis butterfly caterpillar story is always it's like hashed, mm-hmm. but we need to see it from the lens of yeah of Asian women and or Asian girls or okay hi 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 the plant is seeded now I see in your it, right in your here yeah. Mm-hmm. I like transform. Transformation is mm. okay. That's a high for me. Me too. All right. Thank you, listeners. We love you. Love you. Have an amazing uh, New Year opening, and we'll come back for more next year. Twenty twenty three. Here we come. Boop, boop. Bye, Viking. Bye, Viking. <laughs>